जय जगन्नाथ 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 जय जय जगन्नाथ जय जय बलदेव 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 जय जय बलदेव जय 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 सुपाई गोर हरिबो 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 निठाई गोर हरिबो जय श्री श्री राधाकवचंजी धाम जय श्री श्री मागवतम की जय so continuing to read from shri magbagvata on dhritarashtra's quitting home text 25 om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Tasyapi tavadehoyam Ripanashajivishoho Pratyanichato jirano Jaryavisasi iva Tasyapitabo dehoyam Ripanashajivishoho Pratyanichato jirana Jaryavasasi iva Tasyapitabo dehoyam Ripanashajajivishoho Pratyanichato jiranam Jariyava sasi eva Asya of this Api in spite of Hava your Deha body Ayam this ripanyas ya of one who is miserly jivishal of you who desire life parati will dwindle anichataha even unwilling jirnaha deteriorated jarya old vasasi garments eva like again tasya of this api in spite of tava your 
Deha, body. Ayam, this. Kripanasya, a one who is miserly. Dejivishoha, of you who desire life. Bareti, will dwindle. Anichataha, even unwilling. Jirnaha, deteriorated. Raya, old. Asasi, garments. Eva, like. And the translation here is despite your unwillingness to die and your desire to live, even at the cost of honor and prestige, your miserly body will certainly dwindle and deteriorate like an old garment. Purport. The words Kripanasya Jajivasho are significant. There are two classes of men. One is called the Kripanya. And the other is called the Brahmana. The Kripanya, or the miserly man, has no estimation of his material body, but the Brahmana has a true estimation of himself and the material body. The Kripanya, having a wrong estimation of his material body, wants to enjoy sense gratification with his utmost strength and even in old age, he wants to become a young man by medical treatment or otherwise. Dhritarashtra is addressed herein as a kripanya because without any estimation of his material body, he wants to live at any cost. Vadura is trying to open his eyes to see that he cannot live more than his term and that he must prepare for death. Human life is meant for finishing all kinds of miseries of material existence. And life should be so regulated that one can achieve the desired goal. Dear Tarastra, due to his wrong conception of life, had already spoiled 80% of his achieved energy. So it behooved him to utilize the remaining days of his miserly life for the ultimate good. Such a life is called miserly because one cannot properly utilize the assets of the human form of life. Only by good luck does such a miserly man meet a self-realized soul. Like Vidura, 
and by his instruction gets rid of the nescience of material existence. Om Gnana Timarandasya Gnanjana Shalakaya Chakshu Umilitam Yena Tashmai Shri Gurve Namaha I was born in the darkest of ignorance. A spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. Offer my most humble obeisances to my spiritual master. Namo Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasaya Bhutale Shrimati Bhakti Tirta Swami Namari Namaste Sakai Parasyatane Sri Guru Kavinda Panchakalpa Tarubhyas Cha, Kripa Sandubhya Eva Cha, Patita Nampava Nevio, Vaishnavibhya Namonamaha, Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya, Prabhu Nityananda, Sri Adveta Kadara Vashivata Bhita Mahatara. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. I don't know if it's because of the nectar we're hearing. I don't know if it's because of the realizations that may be coming to us. I'm not quite sure what it is. So whenever I read from the scriptures, I try to relate to what's going on in my life. That I know personally. And it seems, regardless, that whatever it is that's being read whatever the Vedic scriptures yield, it seems to have a more profound and even more profound effect than it's ever had before. And I have an opportunity to have a lot of aha moments where it's like, oh, I get this, or oh, I've experienced this, or I think I understand this. But the point is, it makes me question my seriousness. I've always wondered, especially since coming to devotional service, Krishna consciousness, what am I doing here? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And I'm most grateful that I have come across the scriptures that have helped me to understand what path I may have been on, where I am now, and most likely where I should be going. The topic of life and the impermanence of it is 
oh, so relevant today. And it was relevant yesterday. It was relevant two years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But right now at this very moment, it's very relevant. And personally, I'm very grateful that someone thought I was looking for something and they introduced me to God consciousness, devotional service, Krishna consciousness, so many descriptions that are given to ISKCON, but it's all about God consciousness. So I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to go over the scriptures again. I'm very grateful to realize that I should be grateful to relish time, people, place, circumstances, because I find that I have even more time to meditate because I'm, I'm trying to train my focus on what's important as opposed to trying to figure out what's going on in the world because after all, it's the world, but it's not my world. It's not your world either. You just happen to have dropped in on this planet in this material body and we've got to make the best of it. Getting back to the scriptures, and I'll do my best to stay focused. Forgive me if I go off track. But, dear Tarasta, who has caused various degrees of emotional, various degrees of harm, even though the Pandavas, the sons were given to him to, to raise, in a sense. He's, he's been a disturbance to their lives. And now he finds at the, or toward the end of his life, the very people, the very family that he's caused some anxiety, some distress to, he now has to take shelter of their living quarters, of what they have to offer, of the comfort of their home. And you got to wonder, how did he feel about that? Okay, I'm thinking about me. I've really disturbed someone, and I've caused harm to the family emotionally and otherwise. I think their residence would be the last residence that I would be seeking. I wouldn't even want to be in their association because I would be so embarrassed. But what I did, and even more embarrassed, because they've taken me in and they're taking care of me. Well, in addition to him not really experiencing that, he also still wanted to be king at such a late stage in life. And as we read, 
the door lets him know that this is not quite the time that he should desire these things in life. Life is fleeting, and it's passing, dear Tarastra, as it is passing us each and every day. And the only time we understand that we've taken it for granted is when some calamity or some trauma happens in our life, then it's like a wake-up call. It's like, oh, okay, this happened to this person or this family or this relationship or this country. And then we begin to internalize and look at ourselves or look at our circumstances, and we give it our attention. But only because we have been backed up against the wall or we've slammed into a wall and realization has set in. How do we keep from becoming those or that individual that is so attached to their current material body and their material life that they don't recognize that it's all temporary. Well, that's the blessing of the scriptures. Anytime you've had an opportunity to hear the scriptures, you've got a blessing. Regardless of what your immediate faith or belief is, somehow or another, if it is a bona fide one, it will cross into the areas of Understanding that there is a supreme personality of Godhead, there's a supreme Lord, there's a supreme omnipotent God. And somehow or another, you are connected to him or a part of him, or he is a part of you. These are some of the understandings that certain various faiths have. And that there's a love factor involved. There's also a factor of protection involved. There's also an understanding that we should wear the world like a duck experiences water dropped on its back. It never connects with those feathers. It hits the feathers, but if you look at a drop of water on a duck's back closely, you've ever had the experience, believe me, that drop just kind of slides down. It's there, but it's not there. In a sense, in a way, that's the way we're supposed to look at our lives. We're here, but we're not really here. What does that mean? It means that you're in this world, but you're not of it. It means that this world is not your home. It means that if you do not realize that at any point in your life, you're going to have trouble when it comes to the end of the life period. Because you're going to try to hold on to this illusion of the material body. Because you've not tried to find out what it's about. So this thing that's an illusion that you're attached to is about to run out or fade, or end. And that's where we panic. Sometimes we 
have circumstances in life where we question, and usually it's late in life, um, use me as an example, when you're almost 100. <laughs> Each day we're all closer to 100, but I'm closer to it. So I'm honest about it. You begin to realize, okay, you look back at your life, you realize what you've done, what you've not accomplished, where you are right now, and what you can do to either lengthen the process, better it, or understand it. So, I consider it a blessing that someone saw something in me that indicated I was looking for something, and it was my my uh my it was my uh my my husband's brother or my my uh previous ex-husband's brother who was had become a devotee and he was so enthralled in the whole the understanding the process the knowledge of the scriptures in a very short period of time he wanted to share it with his brother but instead his aim got me instead. I'm very glad. I'm very happy. I'm very fortunate that he took the time to help me understand the scriptures. That was very fortunate because his life was shortened, just like Pandu. He was named Pandu, and he understood through his spiritual master he wouldn't live to be a grandfather to his children, my nephew and niece. So the information he had, he gave it to me quickly, and fortunately I was intelligent enough to realize, to really realize something was missing in my life. Only at that point did I begin to question, okay, so now I'm in this life, so what's it about? Why am I here Okay, what is this about God? And this is, I'm, I was at the age that, you know, most of the devotees that come here in the morning, I was at your age. I was an adult, full adult mother. Um, and these are things that I had not speculated on. You'd be amazed at the things that we don't think about until we'll, we're older or, how do they put it, elderly or mature. Well, I don't think dear Tarasta was thinking about those things either. He was attached to the body. He wanted it to last long. If you think it was something that only happened at that time of yug, um, in Kali yug, it's happening right now. It's an old topic. Um, oh, what is it? Uh, there was a process that was described some time ago where if you wanted to lengthen your life, you would have someone freeze your body, particularly at a point where you knew you had a deadly disease and you knew that at this point in time it couldn't be cleared or uh, cured, so you had your body frozen. Well, it's gone from that to having the body nipped, tucked, and, and, and pushed and sucked. Um, a little pull here, 
a little puff there, an injection here, uh, a little blue pill there, you name it. We are now at the point where either we're experiencing so much sense gratification or the potential of sense gratification or the understanding that life is so impermanent, uh, temporary, that we are trying to do anything and everything to lengthen it. Even to become a disturbance to someone else for as long as we can because we don't know what else to do to enjoy the time. And guaranteed, all of these quote-unquote innovations that have come across um, the counter, the doctor's office, the operating room that people are experiencing, they're all temporary. They don't last. The very fact that we're in a material world and a material body to the intelligent should tell you that whatever it is you're doing, whatever it is you're experiencing, it is not going to last. Neither are you. And it's not to be, and again, it's not to be in a, a morbid sense. It's that we need to understand, or is it better said, we need to be in a mood of self-realization that we're actually ready to realize, what are we doing? Why are we here? What's going on? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? And if you've had an opportunity to hear the scriptures, any of the Vedic scriptures, to any extent, there is always an invitation to go a little bit further and discover why you are what you are, where you've been, where your ultimate destination is. But most of us run away from it because it's scary. It's scary because it's more information that we wanted to know. And then it's scary because we want to know it, but we're afraid because then it really gives us information as to these bodies of ours, that they're actual carriers of a soul. And that soul is connected to an extreme power, to an extreme personality, a real personality. And that we have just become like children that were bored at home and that wanted more from home. So we ventured out the front door and we wanted to see what it was like to be in a position of power. So various realms have been created for us to play out this fantasy. For those that are actually in physical condition here right now and those that are hearing it over the, the audio, you have actually come into the material world. When you understand material world, you'll understand temporary eventually. If you do not, you are not ready to understand it. If the concept of God consciousness and Krishna consciousness is foreign to you after listening and hearing so many times, 
you're not ready to become self-realized. You will fight it. You will fight it with the feelings of, well, let me tear this theory apart. There's something that's not right. Let me pinpoint an error because it doesn't make sense to me. I'm not accepting it. So it's my responsibility to tear it apart so that I can live comfortably. Well, you're in the wrong spot. You're listening to the wrong lecture because that's not what this is about. It's about reality. And it's about the reality that depending on what frame of time you're in, regardless, the principle is the same. This world is not our permanent home. We're here for a short time. Like the garments that you buy in a store, like the food that you buy in a supermarket, it will spoil or it will end. It will deteriorate. These bodies are the same. When the ego is out of control, we don't relate to the fact that we're part of something bigger, that what we have really isn't ours. It really isn't. We belong to the Lord. I don't have a problem with that concept because over this short period of time in my life, I've become more and more aware that he's taken care of me, even when I didn't realize it. So that says a lot. You know, even if I was not the most intelligent person in the world, someone that takes care of me, and I don't really remember them, but they're taking care of me anyway when I'm awake, when I'm asleep, when I'm not even aware of them, that's pretty high on my chart as far as somebody that I've got lots of proper respect for. And as you take to the understanding of the temporariness of the body, of your relationship with the Lord, of just that being conscious of God, it opens up a totally new realm. It opens up a realm where you begin to question not only yourself, but your surroundings. We are impacted very much by our surroundings from our childhood. And some of you will discover as you become older, you'll question your childhood a lot and the things that occurred in your childhood. And some of it, at a very late stage in life, you'll start to begin to let go. With me, I'm going back through things that happened when I was 10 years old and things that people said, and it still has an impact on me. Um, the family that I was dropped into, that I chose or that Krishna chose, they were all girls. The only boy, male, that lived only lived a couple of days. So I lived a different lifestyle. My dad would have loved boys. But he was quite stern in the way that he raised the females. So I look back at now at some of the things that both he and my mom did, and I didn't understand it at the time, and I rebel like the best rebellious individual that ever lived. I think I still have it in me. So that explains some of my rebellious moods, but they're all good. But the point is we have to look at what we've come 
through and come from and determine whether or not it is to our benefit. If it is not, then it is time for us to make some adjustments and changes, as dear Tarastra will find. He was very fortunate to have a pure-souled Isvidur to come into his life to explain to him the situation that you're in, you don't belong. And come to think of it, the longer you're in it, the more attached you become to it. So those that are reading the scriptures or hearing it, you're very fortunate again because you have the opportunity to put this same issue, a point, to yourself. You don't belong here. You're being told by someone that you probably know very little about who's reading scriptures that you're maybe not so familiar with, but it's all factual. That some of the things that you've believed are not exactly true as far as who you are supposed to be in this world and what you're supposed to be doing. When you get to a certain point in life, all the foolishness that would belong to a child or a teenager should no longer be part of your life. You should not be trying to live like a younger person when you're an older or elderly person. I can handle elderly person. Yes, I am mature. Yes, I am. At this stage in life, and some of us reach it a lot sooner, you have to realize that there's more to it than the way you've been leading your life, getting up, maybe going to work, eating, sleeping, mating, defending, all those things. There's more to it. That isn't your real purpose in life. The purpose in life, as we understand it, and is written in the scriptures, and as I'm discovering, there is pure truth in it. So I believe the scriptures. I go according to it because from time to time, I will have realizations that relate to some things that have happened. And you have to intuitively know what you're experiencing or what you're acknowledging is actually pure information. So I accept the scriptures. And one of the other many purposes in life is to go through or play out all of the misery, all of the miseries that we're experiencing in the material body, in this material world, to just go through it, get it out of your system, understand where you are at this particular moment. And if you have been fortunate enough, and I don't mean to be harsh, I really don't, but if you have been fortunate enough to understand that you were not intelligent enough to go this path alone, if you've taken a spiritual master after becoming comfortable and familiar with the scriptures, you've had a unique opportunity to have someone explain to you how to get back to your original destination. You will understand that that original home or destination is a lot thousands, millions times, this is me imagining, millions, probably even more than that, better than where I am right now, than who I'm associating with. And that's the other thing, too. All of the people that we're coming in contact, close proximity, distance, close, 
we have crossed paths before. It is not an accident. Some situations we need to play out whatever the issue was in those relationships. Some of those relationships, we just need to be there and experience it and keep going. There are some relationships that are meant for a short time. There are some relationships. That's kind of heavy. Yeah, there are some relationships that are meant for short times. There are relationships that are meant to endure. So don't get upset when there are differences of opinion and you've done the best you can and you still are not able to reach some agreement with an individual or reach some peaceful state of being with an individual. Maybe that's as far as you're supposed to go in this material body. But there's more. There's much more. Our understanding of reading the scriptures, of reading text 25, is that Ditarasta has become very fortunate as a relative of the doer, his brother, to have a brother come and explain to you life. And if nobody else has ever explained to you, it's uh, brother, um, enough's enough. Now is the time to start making some changes in your life. You're not supposed to enjoy this because this comfort will not last. Your body is not in a condition to enjoy this life indefinitely. And that's a big step, and that's a big realization for all of us to come to. That whatever it is you're doing right now, if you are not correcting it, if you are not trying to get better, if you're not trying to realize who you are, what you're doing, why you're here, where you're going, you're kind of wasting time. I'm not saying go go somewhere and, and, and uh, eliminate yourself, but the point is we should be at a point where we're questioning now more than ever, what is our true purpose? What is it we need to correct? What is it that we've heard from the scriptures, from the many people that have come before you and read from the scriptures, those that you've heard in audio? What is it they're trying to tell you and what is it you're missing? Or what is it you're really understanding and what will you do with that information? It's not that someone has wasted their time to explain or to read from the scriptures. Each one of us, And each one of you has an opportunity to do something better for yourself and for someone else. And just on an off note, I find that it's much more beneficial to do something for someone else positively as opposed to always focusing on yourself. But in the mood of focusing on yourself, it's always very important to be better than you were The day before, each day that you were given the opportunity to get a breath of air, to wake up in the morning, to actually function, if not completely partially, you owe that to someone. 
you owe that whole experience because there are people that are six feet under in dust that would trade places with you at any given point in time. So don't think you don't have a purpose. Figure out what it is. Even if you figured out what it was a long time ago and you've changed or switched tracks, get back on track. Even if you've not taken shelter, take shiksha. Take shelter of a realized soul, a devotee that you intuitively know is expressing information to you that is true, and you'll know it intuitively. If you don't always ask, pray to Krishna to give you guidance, I'm always asking because I don't have complete guidance all the time. I get off track a little bit. I'm still working on it. But I have a pretty good idea of some of the things that I need to do in this life. And if it is Krishna's mercy, I'd like to play it out. I'd like to finish it. But I also realize that I have a uh, a due date, an expiration date, as does each one of us here. And according to Shapanishad, that due date can change based on your last performance based on what you've done recently. And if I'm re remembering it right, because I used to write it on my desk at work, uh, because if anywhere else that you find that you need guidance, it's in the corporate world or the material world. I think it's karamanini dehat kentu chabakti bajam. For those who serve with love and devotion, their destination changes. So wherever you are in life right now, if you're not where you're supposed to be, there's hope. There are instructions. There is someone that is there to help you. There is someone that is waiting to help you. And in this particular scripture, we understand that dear Tarasta has not quite understood that he has been given a boon of, of a blessing by having his brother come to him and kind of shake him up and let him know that this lifestyle, yes, it's very nice. You've been given a home. All the dressings and all the things that you need, but you're getting old and you cannot continue to enjoy it in this way. At some point in time, you need to understand there are things you need to correct and then move on. That's sometimes the most difficult things with these material bodies. We think it's ours, but it really isn't. It's borrowed. We don't want to let it go because it's all we know. And then when someone comes along and says, it's not really yours, it's temporary, it scares us because unless we've opened up our minds and become receptive, that's all we know. There is more to these material bodies. There is a better way of living. There is a much happier way of living. This whole mood of my body, my thoughts, my way, or the highway, none of that relates to anything in the spiritual world with the Lord, with Krishna. We don't have these issues. They are not there. You are also here to correct yourself so that you don't take this nonsense to Krishna Loka. We can't live the way we're living 
if we're a nonsense in this world, if we don't start to listen and take instructions. And it's no accident that you're taking an opportunity to listen. There was another point in text 25. There are always points in the scriptures. Every line or every couple of lines, step by step, there is nectar. And a point that would be good to take away from this is the last line of the purport. Only by good luck does such a miserly man or woman meet a self-realized soul, in this case, like Vodur, in your case, like whoever it is that connected you with God consciousness. Only by good luck does such a miserly man meet a self-realized soul like Vidur and by his instruction gets rid of the nations of material existence. So the question is, when do we actually come to the terms or understanding that where we are right now, what we're doing is not completely 100% the way it should be done or the way we should be living. When do we come to those terms that we're actually ready to commit to change? How do you do that? Get on the devotional path. How do you break that down? Serve someone. Become the servant of the servant of the servant. Serve someone that's serving a higher purpose, a higher power but you need to understand who or what that higher power is. When you discover what it is, serve an individual. Even when you take shelter of guru, you're going to serve someone. So you're, the question is, who are you really going to serve and will it be of benefit to both you and the person that you're serving? All of that will fall into place when you're sincere enough, when you are not self-centered, but when you become selflessness. When you're not focusing so much on yourself, when you're focusing on someone else, when you're focusing on the temporariness or the how fleeting this life is, when you are serious enough to start questioning these things, then you have a very good chance to actually take to the devotional path and eventually, at some point in time, at some age, go back home and we say back to Godhead because this isn't your home. It doesn't mean that you have to be in complete misery while you're here. It just means that you need to be in self-knowledge. You need to be self-aware. You need to be self-realized to understand there's a purpose in your life every single day. And in most cases, if you can do something that will help someone else, if the words that are coming out of your mouth are sweet and nectarian, close as possible to the scriptures, you're pretty much on the, uh, a pretty good, solid path. But we have to take our eyes off of the environment that we're around. 
and find the proper environment that we want to be a part of. And for those that are here and those that are listening, I would imagine this is the environment that you were curious about or that you want to be a part of. And for the brief time that I've become a, a devotee in this lifetime, because we're all at some point in time a devotee, we just don't realize it. But at the point in time that I am in right now and that most of us are, there is a degree of peacefulness when you realize that the life outside that door is not really you, that there's more to it, that it can be changed. You can enhance someone else's life. You can enhance your own life by just doing a couple of things, basic things, corrections. The scriptures are a lifetime of directions of how to live your life, wherever you are in life right now. Here in the scriptures in text 25, chapter 13, canto 1, dear Tarasta has an opportunity to hear it from his brother that now is time for you to realize it's time to start moving on. Even if he's not doing it physically, which I would imagine will happen eventually, it's time for you to start thinking that this is not a permanent position you're in. And if you're intelligent enough, and yes, intelligent enough to take good directions, then you'll end up where you're supposed to be. Not in this world of it, but not in it but on a path back to a much more glorious life. And that's the other thing, too, and then I'll end at this point. It's not supposed to be the goal that we live, saying, I'm living because I want to go back to Godhead. Oh, that's my goal. Actually, your goal is to become the type of individual that will exist in the spiritual world, in Krishna Loka, in your natural position, and here is where we get rid of all the nonsense. To the degree that you're ready to get rid of the nonsense is the degree to which you will begin to grow into who you are and to understand who you are. So I'll stop at this point. I believe my timing is good. Oh, yeah, timing is good. So if anyone has any questions or comments or you just want to acknowledge your presence here because it's very important. I'm always grateful. And I know Krishna loves to see you here in the temple as well as wherever you are. But I'm always grateful for those that come out and take the effort to come out in the morning at any point in time. Um, so I'll open up for questions. Any and any realizations, too, that you have, uh, not just questions of things that you already know the answers to, but things that you want to share to enlighten or heighten someone's awareness, please feel free to do so. Mr. Bhagavan? Yes, Krishna. You, you mentioned the phrase, ex-husband, and I don't want to go there. I don't want to yeah, bring up your personal situation. I was just 
Thank I'm you. very I'm very upfront with my personal situation because eventually nothing is personal in life. But go ahead, Prabhu. Well, when I first started reading Srimad Bhagavatam, I came across. I started with the first canto, so I, this was the first story I ran into. And Gandhari was famous for being chased to her husband. I'm sorry. Say again. Gandhari. Go ahead. The daughter of King Kandahar from, from Afghanistan. She was uh, glorified for being chased to her husband. And then I noticed that chased meaning that she was like unwavering dedication. Uh, no, no such... Like nowadays, women, if they, if they feel like their husbands uh, doesn't have enough money or he's abusive, then they they want to get a divorce so that they can open up the door for Mr. Perfect to come along. But in the, the Bhagavatam, it's it's fullest women. The, the glory of a woman is repeatedly mentioned as being. Uh, Chased to her husband that she would never leave her husband, even if the husband's like Dhritarashtra, who was a bad guy, or Ravana. Her, his his wife was famous for being uh, completely faithful and would never think about uh, divorce and going off with an, another another man or leaving her husband. Mm-hmm. So, how is it that? Women are glorified that this is the glory of a woman that she stays with her husband rather than being like uh, maybe like a great preacher or or some <laughs> other or you know or I like or, the fact that or, you're able to bring that forward or or you know some other glory <laughs> like maybe she's a, a an executive in a in a big corporation. <laughs> or, of course, please. Please, please give her the mic. No, that's okay. I, it, I've got a thermostat on mine, too, right now. That's why we're really quite open, and yes, please. No, okay. um, no, 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 no. Let, let Mataji, yes, please. Because it was all framed about the women. There was nothing about the men in the statement. Ah. So the thing is, in the Bhagavatam, it, was, it, the, it lists the 14 qualities of a chaste wife. And it gives all these lovely qualities of she she is serves her husband nicely. And mm. the last quality, it says a chaste wife does not follow a husband who is fallen. <sighs> and there are a lot of oh. very fallen men in this world. So I just wanted to balance out the discussion. I really appreciate that, Prabhu, for speaking because you gave it so nicely. But to the point, I was not going to do that. I was just going to jab. Thank you. Not always. Not always. But I do, as I said, I appreciate the presence of those that are here. You were here for a purpose. Thank you. (laughs) No, but that was no accident. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. And and the point, um, because I was going to go the other point also, um, time, place, and circumstance. In those times, not that uh, men were perfect or women were perfect, but... um, you cannot have a healthy spiritual life if the counterpart 
is not conducive to it. And that is over time, place and circumstances. Then the times I imagine were similar to this, but not as bad. Now in Kali things are so twisted and turned around. Women, men are different. Their roles are becoming different because in some cases, those that are supposed to be men are not men. Those that are supposed to be women are not women. So we have to look at it both ways. And those that are supposed to protect, and you look at it that in the position that males are supposed to protect, they're not doing it anymore. The female has to step forward, and she has to, one has to take responsibility for their spiritual life. And that is most important. Nothing in Kali Yuga is perfect except the perfect, well, except the perfect opportunity to come to God consciousness or to understand Krishna consciousness. And if you are in a situation, male also, where you have become Oh, no, this is going to hit you a little straightforward, so let me be a little kind to you. But if one is in a position where they're not bringing what's necessary to a healthy relationship, you shouldn't be in it. Time, place, circumstance. Look at yourself and go back through your life personally and see what it is that you've done that could have been changed that puts you in a position different from mine where maybe you, oh, let me see, because whatever comes out of my mouth, I have to take back. Gee, Krishna. Look at yourself and put that question to yourself because I know a little bit about your life as I share with you mine and I'm sure you can put that same question to yourself and answer it better than I could. But in essence, one should be very careful when they select a life partner. And you should select a life partner on a number of uh, uh, qualities. Sometimes we don't. We're imperfect. None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. So when you find yourself in a situation, when you come across something that is so wonderful and so beautiful as the understanding of who you are, what you're supposed to be, what your purpose is, and you take it to heart, if your environment or if the individual or if even a community is not conducive to that, why would you settle in it? Your environment affects you greatly. Your association affects you greatly. You are who you are around, who you associate with, and that impacts you for the rest of your life unless you decide to change. Personally, in my situation, I chose a higher road. And to this date, I have not looked back and had a regret because what I have now has replaced 
hundred times over what I had. Nothing, nothing has been decreased in my life. There is no lack. There is no regrets. There is nothing but peace of mind. There is love. There is whatever it is I need. Krishna's providing it. So I didn't lose, I gained. But you have to discover what you are willing to fall under or become a part of or what's most important in your life. Sense gratification, material gratification, or spiritual guidance, or God consciousness, or perfecting your spiritual life in this world because it is temporary, this material life. And you do whatever is necessary to correct that, to get back to your original home. And I, for one, did exactly that, and I didn't lose anything. I gained so much. But I think if you thought about yourself right now, how would you answer that same question you put to me? What would you say? Because I believe you've been in, uh, you, you've actually had the opportunity, and I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna finger you. I'm, I'm not gonna uh, put too much pressure on you because I don't have to. You already have. Well, since we were talking about the Srimad Bhagavatam, I was steering clear of our personal situations. I was only trying to talk about the, the point made by the scriptures. Uh, yeah, and kind of, sort of, that's what I'm doing, too. Uh, I'm generalizing it, and then I pointed it because um, you used an example of myself. And that's kind of where I went. But uh, Prabhu, uh, please understand, I am not trying to put you on the spot. I'm trying to answer you in the most honest way that I can. And to let you know um, that there are various ways that we come to Krishna consciousness. There are various reasons that we come to Krishna consciousness. We all have different paths that we've come on. Everyone's different. What's most important is the fact that you are on the path of devotion. That trumps, that dominates everything from the past. It's where you are right now that matters. If we took account and if we took inventory of where everyone has come from, we'd look back and wonder how the heck did they get here? based on what they did. How did we let them in the door? How did Krishna, if we understood how much Krishna has forgiven us and loved us through so many situations, we would be grateful to find the good in anything and everything, and even in ourselves. Because in order to be a really good devotee, one of the qualities is compassion, Um. I think in, is it in chapter 18, the Bhagavad Gita? Uh, it has the qualifications of a devotee. Um, I, I think it's somewhere in the, the last, uh, last section of uh, chapter 18. There are qualities 
that we are supposed to meet in order to be uh, devotees. And not all of us can uh, zero in on those qualities and perfect them. And that's the loving and gracious and wonderful part of Krishna. He knows in our heart what our true belief is, what we are really about. He knows our heart. So he knows that no matter where we've come from, and understand nothing is an accident. Everything that's happening, there's a purpose behind it. There are no accidents. He knows deeply inside our hearts. He knows us. And he understands why we do what we do. I would imagine like a parent, it would confuse one if someone repeatedly does something over and over again and they're not correcting it. Uh, that's my thinking. But uh, please understand, I'm, I'm not, even though I said initially I wasn't going to aim this at you, it wasn't so much a personal thing, but you used a personal example, and I went in that direction. But it could have been you, it could have been anyone sitting in front of me, because anyone has that situation. It is not a unique position. And you will find a lot of us falling into positions that don't, necessarily fall in line with the scriptures, but there is always something in the scriptures, no matter where we are, that guides us to our point, our initial point, our perfect point of realization that gets us back home, no matter how long it takes and no matter what that imperfection is. And who are we to think of imperfections? None of us are perfect. But I like it when you bring up those charging, those statements, because most people wouldn't bring them up. I don't have a problem with handling them. And that's another thing, too. We should be honest about who we are. I don't think I've ever given anyone the impression that I'm perfect. I'm not. I am on a path, too. But we shouldn't uh, give false impressions. I will be very open with people. Uh, based on who you are to me. I'll be very open with you. And eventually, over time, we have no secrets. Over time, everything will come out. So I guess I've been afforded an opportunity where I can exactly, I can actually tell you some things about myself and kind of relate it to what I'm reading. That's what I enjoy about the scriptures. Whatever's going on, yeah, I've probably experienced it or I know someone that's experienced it. And it helps connect with the understanding of what we're reading. At least that's what I'm hoping. So thank you for that question. Hare Krishna. Any other comments? Please don't let me scare you away. Any other comments? Thank you so much for being here. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Jai Shishi Radha Kalachanji Dam Kijai.